Listeners, very divided indeed on Sean Quinn and uh, particularly after my chat there with uh, Pat and uh, Bridget. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, one of our listeners saying, Fran, the banks hounded Mr. Quinn to invest money in their schemes and then it went wrong and they turned on him. Shame on those banks, it says. And again, a lot of people thinking that Pat was watching a different programme than the one that they uh, were looking at. Uh, somebody else saying, Sean Quinn went down because he wasn't a politician's man and he wasn't part of the uh, brown envelopes at uh, the Galway tent uh, so there you are. Give him Paul Reed's job. He'd sort the HSE out. <laughs> Says one of our listeners. All right, uh, 083 Time to talk farming. Glad to be joined by the editor of the Farmer's Journal, that's Katrina Morrissey. Good morning to you, Katrina. Good morning, Fran. Good to talk to you today. Did you see that uh, series, by the way, on Sean Quinn? No, I have an earmark to watch over the weekend. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to it at the time, but it's definitely on the one yeah, to watch. I'd, I'd say you'll be fascinated by it indeed. Yeah. Uh, down to farming then, suckler cow cull scheme is uh, recommended. This is uh, all about destocking, I suppose, Katrina. Yeah, so it's a, a very controversial report has now made its way to the Minister. Um, this is very likely to feed into the Climate Action Plan mm. for 2023 and beyond. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, Farm organisations have really moved to distance themselves from this report. Um, and we saw yesterday why, for sure, um, there are two schemes being recommended to the Department of Agriculture, to the Minister, to either cut back or get out of suckler cows. And they want to, I suppose, encourage or incentivise farmers to do that the overall aim being to reduce methane emissions from agriculture. But that's a very, very... Um, I suppose an emotional mm. thing for suckler farmers in this country. They're extremely fond of their animals, of their, you know, their heritage, their herd and their, their pedigree animals in some cases. Um, and, you know, the average suckler herd in, in parts of the country would be just 16 cows. So these are not uh, big, extensive herds. So the idea that they um, mm. would destock... And what, what, is the, what is the what is the incentive, uh, Katrina? What what is that's it? That's really the crux of this report. So this report has some figures in it, and they are saying that in terms of income foregone, the cost of destocking a farmer suckler herd would be one thousand three hundred and fifty per cow. It's I I would probably on hand on heart say that no farmer would take that. They're right. looking if they get out. They would be looking for more than that. And that's this report has no um, proposals or recommendations on compensation payment. Because you know, obviously once you sell the cow, she's gone. So that, that way of making income is gone. It's not just the cost of the cow of that course. day. Yeah. Um, and what about so, the farming organisations? What, what are they saying? They've all reserved their position on the report. So they were all centrally involved in the Food Vision Beef and Sheep group and the dairy one before that. Um, they're all centrally involved in the talks and the, um, I suppose, the drawing up of different aspects of this report. But in the last probably fortnight, they've all moved to distance themselves from it. The INHFA, which is the um, Hill, Hill and Natura Farmers Association, walked away from the talks completely. Don't want anything more to do with it. They say that the proposals on um, extensification and cutting the suckler herd, they just can't have anything to do with it. The IFA, ICMSA, ICSA and Mocker have all said that they're reserving their position. I suppose what's not being said directly, Fran, is if there is a financial incentive big enough to encourage farmers who would be interested in getting out 
those farmer organisations might then get on board because there would be an element mm. of sucker farmers, you know, maybe older age. Of We've course. talked about these yeah. people before who maybe don't have farm successors uh, who would say, yeah, look, if there was, you know, kind of a sucker retirement scheme there for me, I might go into it. Um, and then there are others who say, come hell or high water, you couldn't pay me to get out. Right. So the farm organisations are representing both of those farmers. Right, but it would um, have to be attractive, obviously. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It'd have to be attractive. The Attorney General has given his opinion on the veterinary medicines changes, Katrina. Can you just give us the background to that? Yeah, so there was uh, changes coming in. It's caused a lot of controversy over the last 12 to 18 months. Changes coming in whereby... Um, there would be a tightening up on the prescription and sale of antibiotics, which has always been tight, but also on some more common medicines, things like wormers and doses that farmers currently can't go in and buy in the co-op mm. um, without any prescription. So there was a move to make those prescription only. And then there was a proposal that actually someone in, for example, the local co-op could be trained up on, you know, kind of sensible use of these medicines mm. enough that they would then be considered a responsible person to be able to prescribe and dispense those medicines. The Attorney General basically torpedoed that idea this week um, and that means that the bill, the, the regulation bill, will not now make it through the door. So those changes won't be implemented on the 1st of January or and linked to that is a central database for fertiliser use in the country. So that also falls as a result of the veterinary medicine mm. issue. So it's back to the drawing board where this is concerned, obviously. Back to the drawing board, there is a transition period. So this is the, the antibiotic and the vet, veterinary medicine is being pushed by Europe. So it's a European mm. regulation that we must comply with. Um, we're in a transition period, so that's okay. We still we still comply with Europe at the moment, and we will on the 1st of January. But it still needs to be fixed um, in order for Ireland to compu- comply with Europe. On the fertiliser side, it looks like, uh, we understand in the Farmers' Journal, that there will be a paper-based system similar to the slurry imports and exports that's currently used. So a workaround, but not the live, central, computer-based system that was planned. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that uh, down the road. Uh, the rewetting payment as well, consideration of that? Yeah, this was an interesting um story that came out during the week from Fine Gael's Richard Bruton. Uh, he's former Minister for Climate Change and he put it to, to us that it would make sense for farmers to be paid up to €2,500 per hectare to sequester carbon in wetted peatland. So there are farms in this country that are on peatland and we know that peatland and it's particularly drained peatland mm. uh, emits carbon. And there are lots of proposals and, and I suppose, uh, threats, some farmers would say, that farms should be re-wetted so that they no longer emit the carbon from the ground. Fine Gael's Richard Bruton is saying, actually, the fines that we would potentially face from Europe down the line would be so significant that it would make sense to pay farmers up to 2,500 oh. per hectare. And, and would that be 2,500 per hectare per year? That because he's he's somewhat flying a kite here, Fran. Okay, so, right. <laughs> I think it would be more than likely. Uh, I think he's talking an annual payment. As I say, he he is he's putting it forward that it should be considered. It's by no means a concrete plan. Right, interesting one to think about. Um, the EU to certify uh, carbon removals, but we're not sure about payment for that either. Absolutely, and this is you know this is a conundrum, I suppose, for farmers. 
now we're being told that you know we'll be carbon farming in the future and trees are great sequesters of carbon different types of land are better or worse at sequestering carbon and we'll move from producing beef and milk into producing carbon nobody's really putting their money where their mouth is yet um, and it needs a standardised system as well um, there's no point in in Fran in Clonmel selling his carbon on one system and Katrina in Gothenburg selling her carbon on a different system. There obviously needs to be regulation, there needs to be standardisation. Europe has proposed legislation for the certification of carbon removals, but again, no no payment, you know, no payment mentioned or, or any concrete uh, mention of the financing of it. It's amazing that everything we've spoken about uh, today, um, it, you know, just details seems to be unclear in so much involving farming nowadays, doesn't it? Absolutely. We're being asked, I, I think, to be fair to the average farmer today, they're being asked to step into the unknown yes. and there's absolutely no wonder that they're very, very reluctant. Katrina, it's always good to talk to you and thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Good morning to you. That's uh, Katrina Morrissey, who's editor of the Farmer's Journal. The journal is on your shelves uh, right now with uh, much more detail uh, of those topics we've touched on this morning. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie